Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. And we are here now in the season of Advent. This is week one of Advent, and one of the um, traditional readings that would be read during this first week of Advent, where the focus is on hope, uh, would be from the prophet Isaiah. So I'm going to start off, and actually, spoiler alert, I'm going to end this podcast by reading from this uh, reading from the prophet of Isaiah today. It's Isaiah chapter 2 and we're going to read verses 2 through 5. In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now for anyone uh, reading along or listening, um, it wouldn't have taken a detective to spot a, a repeated word and a repeated picture uh, within that uh, passage, particularly at the beginning, and it was this, mountain. Now in the ancient world, as well as in the biblical ancient world, mountains were important. Mountains were places of significance. If you read a story and there's a mountain involved, you know something big is about to happen. Mountains, as I said, were places of significance. They were places of worship. They were places of uh, somehow being closer to God. And so, of course, this idea of the mountain of the Lord's temple, which is, again, where heaven reaches earth. It's the closest point the Jews believed uh, where you could get to God. It's why today, if you went to Israel, that wailing wall is that outer wall of the old temple uh, site is the closest that you can get to that original temple. And so the Jews will push those little pieces of paper, their prayers through that wall into the cracks, trying to get it as close as possible to God's presence. And so we have mountains. Now, mountains come up a lot in the Bible and I just want to give a few examples to kind of highlight what we're getting at here and, and to think about perhaps what are the the mountains um, that we can approach and the mountains that we can ascend uh, in our lives as well. So just a, a little bit of a, a whistle -top stop tour through some of the Hebrew Bible. Um, Genesis chapter 8 says this, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth 
At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. On the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. So here we're getting towards the end of this famous Noah's Ark story. And and the ark that contained Noah, which Noah's name literally in Hebrew means rest. Noah means to rest. And so Noah rested in the ark with the animals. And then after that time, the ark rested, it Noahed on top of this mountain range, on top of Mount Ararat. So here we see that God remembers this remnant and it takes place on a mountain. Just a few chapters along in Genesis 22, another well-known story. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham took, looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And it is to this day said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So here we have that famous test of Abraham. Will he be willing to sacrifice, or at least intend to sacrifice, his only son? Technically not his only son, but we'll leave that for another podcast. His son, who he loves, will he be willing to even give him back to God? And it all takes place on a mountain. And then we see that beautiful exchange where God provides a substitute. 
God provides another sacrifice, which points obviously off into the distance to what is to come. And that mountain is named God will provide. And it takes place on a mountain. Jump across into Exodus chapter 19. Another well-known story. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert, in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And then through the rest of this chapter, we have this scene of up and down the mountain. Moses goes up and down the mountain. He comes backwards and forwards with words from the people to God and words from God to the people, which culminate in the Ten Commandments, those ten sacred words from God. And it all takes place on a mountain. Jump forward a little bit further into First Kings Chapter 19, starting in verse 11. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mount of the cave. So here, this is another mountain, Mount Horeb. And we have this prophet, Elijah, who we um, heard about a few episodes ago. And here we see the big, grand expressions of these violent acts of nature. And yet God's not there. God's not in the earthquake. God's not in the howling wind. God's not in the fire. Where is God found? Yahweh is found in that small, still voice. God is found in that whisper. And what do we know about a whisper? Well, if you want to be able to hear a whisper, you've got to be close. That means God, on top of that mountain, on top of Mount Horeb, God drew close to Elijah, close enough to be able to whisper. What an encounter. And it all takes place on a mountain. And finally, we jump through into the New Testament. Matthew, 
chapter 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is, of course, the famous story of the Transfiguration. Uh, There's a bit of confusion about exactly where this takes place, whether it is Mount Tabor or one of the other mountain ranges in the area. But one thing's for sure, Jesus takes them up a high mountain. And whilst he and the big three are there with him, what happens? He changes. He reveals himself to the disciples in this new glorified state. And who is with him? Moses and Elijah. Two of the very people we've just spent time looking at who had their own mountaintop experiences with Yahweh. And now here they are again. Moses, the law, and Elijah, the prophets, with Christ Jesus on this transfiguration day, on this special day. And it all takes place on a mountain. Mountains are important. So where is this mountain that the prophet Isaiah is talking about that we heard at the beginning of this podcast? Where is this mountain of the Lord's temple? Well, if you keep reading in this prophet's writings, it's quite clear that this is talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem itself, geographically, is up. And then geographically from that, the temple was at the highest point. So you went up again. So you go up to Jerusalem, up to the temple mount, up into the temple step, up through the steps and into the temple proper. It's going up. It's ascending. It's this mountain top type experience because mountains are important. And Isaiah here says that this mountain of the Lord's temple, as high as it is anyway, will be lifted higher than any other temple and higher than any other religion in the world. And that's what we see in the transfiguration story, that Jesus, the temple, the place where heaven meets earth, the place where people can literally touch God, is lifted up high and exalted, changed, transfigured, higher above any other temple, any other mountain. So friends, to finish with, um, receive this uh, old prophecy again, as you think about what that speaks to you this week about hope, what that idea of that mountaintop experience can, can shine into your lives this week. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, 
Let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Grace and peace.